0: This morning, we have a message on marching into our destiny, and uh, I gotta tell you a little story first. Okay, we're gonna march into our. It, it's cool though. this March, right? And it's March first, and we're marching into our destiny. And uh, anyway, the Pope goes to New York, and uh, he's picked up at the airport by a limo. It was a beautiful limo. I mean, gorgeous. So he says to the driver, could could I drive? I hardly ever get to drive. And uh, would you please let me drive? And the driver is understandably hesitant. This is the Pope. And uh, he says, yeah, I don't really think I'm supposed to do that. But the Pope just persists. He says, please, just, just let me. So he said, you know what? I can't say no to the Pope. So... Uh, the pope takes the wheel and is rightfully enjoying himself. In fact, he's enjoying himself so much that he's attracting the attention of the state trooper because he's speeding. He gets promptly pulled over. Police officer walks up and asks the pope to, to roll down the window. And he powered down the window and then he saw who it was and he was startled and he was shocked. And so he, the officer asked the pope if he can wait a minute. So he goes back to his patrol car and radios the chief. Officer, chief, I've got a problem. Chief said, what kind of a problem? Officer, well, you see, I pulled this guy over for driving over the speed limit, but it's somebody really important. Chief, you mean important like the mayor? Officer, no, much more important than that. Chief, you mean like the governor? Officer. No, a lot more than that. You're talking about the president? Officer, more important. Chief said, well, who's more important than the president? Officer said, well, he's got the Pope driving for him, so I think it's God. First Peter 2.9. You know, the police officer in the story estimated the importance of the person inside by who was with them. Perhaps we could take that and apply it to the, the, our importance with her who we're with and who's with us. Almighty God. Almighty God. I mean to tell you, folks, you are, a lot of you, you're more important than you realize. Because this is what it says in First Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation. Let me just stop right there. How many priests? Do we have any priests here this morning? Priest? Just raise your hand up. I want to see how many priests we have. Okay, there you go. It was a trick question. You got it. We only had about six hands up. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now, that doesn't mean you have to wear black and collar and A holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I love this. You and I are chosen treasures. We're priests called to reign as kings in life by Jesus Christ. You know, this this is staggering to our imagination, really, if we can really totally imagine what God has placed within us and who we are. But I wanted I really felt impressed that I was supposed to go to this first. I didn't know if I was going to make it, but uh, would you bring up uh, a shot of Temple Mount in Israel Yeah so that's Temple Mount, and that area right there you see the wall and it's like the greenery, greenery growing in the wall. That's when people they have the prayers and if you're if you don't have a head covering, they'll give you a little cardboard head covering and you'll go up there and you can take your prayer and you can put it in the wall okay and that's kind of like what the holiest place to uh for Israel and also for a lot of Christians it's amazing but while we were there there was a group then they were doing i would say there was probably about 50 to 75 and they were going in a circle and and they were celebrating and and the soldiers with their M16s, and they're jumping around, M16s, and army boots, and fatigues, and, and the gals that are soldiers as well, and, and they're just, there's a celebration, because see, what, what's happening is it's Shabbat, it's the eve of Shabbat, that's like Sabbath, we call it Sabbath, they say Shabbat, but they're coming, and this is just major celebration, and they're rejoicing, the first time I was there, first time I was in Israel and I was there, I felt the Holy Spirit, and I thought, Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? These are not, these are not believers in Christ. I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit's there. I was so surprised. But God, God loves the Jewish people, and he has a special plan for them. But we were watching this celebration as they were going around and around in a circle and, and singing and chanting, and then... A bunch of guys, about 150 to 200, began to get in columns over in that area, right over there. They got in these columns of about 20, 25, and it, went, it, was, it was probably about 200 people, 200 men. And they started to march. And it was, they had a song, and they were marching together, with this song, but it wasn't like this nice little tune. It was, I mean, it was powerful. And I thought, as I was standing there, I thought, this, I, I felt like the raw power of God was there. It was amazing. It was so powerful. I thought, why is this so powerful? Here are these people that have been through so much, and yet they're so happy, and there's a lot of reasons why they shouldn't be happy. But they're prospering, and they're happy. And they marched together. And it's, there's something about that. I, I saw that in, in a scripture, a couple of scriptures in, in the Old Testament where I looked all the, where it said march through the Old Testament. I found there was one word that was used in two places. And in both places, that word march meant to march like nothing could stop you. It was like there would be no barrier that would stop them. You march not just to something, but you march through adversity.
1: How many of you know that in this
0: day that we're living, it is really important for believers to march with authority in the Lord Jesus Christ? To march with joy, to march in unity. See, if one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. There's something about unity that's multiplied by numbers that are in that sphere of unity. We're priests. You say, why why does the Bible call us priests? And and this understanding has to come. There has to be some revelation, which we need in order to function as priests of God. Revelation comes to show us the, the territory or the realm of faith that we're able to go into. It doesn't mean that we can go in just because we know about it. You know, many people stop short of a divine experience because they're satisfied with the revelation of a concept or a teaching. Don't realize that that revelation is actually an invitation for you to come into an experience with God, an encounter. God wants you to have encounters. He wants you to experience him. He wants you to experience things in in the realm of the spirit. Some of the richest things in scriptures were always meant to be experienced. Not just points of theology or concepts of our study of God, theology. But it's supposed to lead us to something. It's supposed to lead us to experience. So when the Lord reveals truth about prayer, what's he doing? He's, un- he's taking the veil off of it so we can see the power of it and the importance of it. He's doing that so he can lead us into an experience in prayer, an encounter with him. Because really, what's it all about? It's about to know him. Jesus said that they might know me, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom now is sent. So this experience thing. It's not enough just to know scripture. Do you know that some people know so much that it actually is a hindrance to them because they don't have experience in those areas? And the Bible says that knowledge brings pride. So people can know so much and they get, you know, they get the airhead. Big head, <laughs> Lift it up. In fact, you know, one of the words for pride means in the Greek to be wrapped in smoke. You're not seeing clearly. You think you're impressing people, but they're really turned off by it. It's wrapped in smoke. And Jesus said to the Jewish leaders of his day in John 5, 39 and 40, he said, you are busy analyzing the scriptures, frantically poring over them in hopes of gaining eternal life. Everything you read points to me. All those things that you're reading, they point to me. Not to me, but to Jesus. Yet you still refuse to come to me so I can give you the life you're looking for. Eternal life. You ever heard this saying? Looking for love in all the wrong places? Yeah. Some people are looking for life in all the wrong places. It's in Jesus. You see, many Christians want Bible knowledge focused on rules and regulation. You know, this is dangerous because God never wanted Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It doesn't really sound like that bad of a thing to have knowledge of good and evil, but you know what it is? It's a type of the law, and it's about the tree of rules and regulations. People want a lot of that so they can become acceptable before God, but Jesus didn't want that. He wanted relationship, and that's why there's a tree of life. And you know, Jesus is that tree of life. He said, I am the way, the truth, And the life. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, he that has the Son has life. (laughs) (laughs) He that has not the Son of God has not. I thought there would be more people saying life there. I just thought there would be. I realize it's a little slushy outside. Don't bring the outside slush into the inside, okay? So God always chooses, listen to this, this is important. God always chooses relationship over regulation. It's not about who can can be the goodest in all points. We all want to be good, but the important thing is to be in Christ and to flow in Christ and be led by the Holy Spirit and, and not be led by rules and laws and, and those things. Man's attempt to please and placate God. So the priority, we're going to talk about the priority of prayer. How many, how many of you think that prayer for believers is actually a priority? Raise your hand. You think it's a priority. Okay, all you people that don't, did not raise your hand, I want you to come down, we're going to pray for you right now. You need to come to Jesus moment right now. No. No, it is. It's a priority. I know you didn't raise your hand, somebody, because you don't want to raise your hand. That's okay. <laughs> but prayer is a huge part of true faith. When we pray, we're, we're acknowledging our, our, our dependence upon God. We're saying, God, I acknowledge that I need you. And I, not only do I need you to get stuff, but I want you. I don't want just to get presence from you. I want to have your presence. You there? You want his presence, don't you? This side of the room right over here really wants his presence more than anyone else, I think. A number of years ago, the Cape Times in South Africa reported that for several months, nurses have been baffled to find a patient dead Every single Friday in the same bed. And they take that dead person out, and the next Friday there's another dead person. So they were they were absolutely baffled. And, and there there appeared to be no apparent cause for any of the deaths. However, after further investigation, the following was discovered. Every Friday morning, a cleaning lady would enter the ward, remove the plug that powered the patient's life support system. Yeah, and then she'd plug her, her polisher in with that. She would polish the floors and, and uh, you know, and then after she was done, she would take the polishing, plug out, and she'd plug the life support back in. Only the patients were dead. She didn't know they were dying. And the, the buffer, the polisher was so loud, she could not hear the, the death, you know, sounds. So she, she, had, she had no, no idea because of the loud noise. Well, the headline of the newspaper story was cleaner polishes off patients. (laughs) She didn't know, but by unplugging that plug, she killed a lot of people. I mean, it's really not funny. I don't know why you people are laughing. You know, let me just tell you this. We cannot afford to be unplugged. Jesus is also our life support system through and through. Wow, you're gonna, what are you going to tell us next? Jesus is my everything? Yeah, he's your everything. He's your life. Now, so knowing that Jesus is our life support and, and prayer is essential to stay connected with our life support and our relationship with him. I wonder if we could give it another name of maybe like just communicating with God, talking to God. Because I think sometimes you say prayer and people go like, yeah, I really don't know the right words for that. I don't know that King James these and thou's and shalt and oh, thou mighty one, thou art holy all. You know, you don't have to, we don't have to do that. Right? Sometimes, you know, there are times that I just go like, help! God, 911. I need you. Someone said seven days without prayer makes one weak, W-E-A-K. But I got to tell you, that's, that's true, but one day without prayer can make you weak. Jesus told his disciples, he says, you need, to, you need to pray so you don't faint. You need to pray, stay here and pray so you don't give in. See, we can we gotta understand this, and, and I think sometimes pe- people feel condemned because they go, Yeah, I'm a Christian, and I really don't pray. I hardly ever pray. You gotta understand that, that God, when you come to prayer, that God's, you know, and you come and say, God, I just want to talk to you, and He doesn't say, like, yeah, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Where have you been? You're not gonna get that from God. The disciples. Never in Scripture, it never shows them saying, Jesus, teach us to teach or teach us to preach or Jesus, teach us to fast. They definitely didn't say that. But what did they say? They said, teach us to pray. They were so impressed with his prayer life and what it did for him. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't say, well, about time you asked me about that, boys. No, he didn't say, man, you should have been doing this all the, all the way, and you're not even doing it. Even those of you that are doing it aren't doing it enough. But he said this. He said, when you pray. When? When you pray. He said, when you, when you fast. He said, uh, when you give, which means we're supposed to do all of those things. Not all the time, but, I mean, we're supposed to be givers and, and prayers and, and at times to fast. 23rd through the 27th of this month, we're going to have a time of fasting for you that are just going like, "You know what? I'm ready for a breakthrough. I want to see God do amazing things in my life in our church. That's for you. 6:30 in the war room. We're going to be doing that. All right? Glad you're excited about that too. See, and we're going to face battles when we start to pray. When you, when you say, in this new year, I, am, I propose this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray this long, and, you know, and you get to prayer, and it's like, okay, it seems like it's been an hour, but no, it's only three minutes, okay. <laughs> Why is it because you haven't maybe done it that much, and then you think, I don't know, I've, I've experienced this before. You go to prayer, and it's like, you realize you forgot to put that note in the mail, all these things that you should have done, could have done, would have done, whatever—that's in your face. You're going you're to face resistance when you start establishing a habit and a pattern of prayer. But can I tell you? Just keep going. If you if you missed it a couple, just keep going. There's no condemnation. God, me t- God loves to hear your voice when you're talking to Him. He loves to hear your voice. Remember everything about you was made for God and was created for his presence. You were created to be in the presence of God. You were created to fellowship with God and now you've got now that you're born again, most of you're born again, now you've got a spirit that responds to God and your soul you your, your soul's being renewed so that you can respond to God and come into agreement with your spirit man. So when we enter into his presence and come before him, we're connecting with our true source. And and it shouldn't be foreign. It's not like we're on another planet somehow. We are in the groove that we were created to be in. I love uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help when we need it most. I love the fact that it doesn't say, man, if you really had a bad week, Come with trepidation and fear in your heart. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because God is waiting for you, and he loves to hear your voice, and he loves it when you come into his presence and talk to him. He loves it. And the thing is, we're we're being lifted into his throne room. In our our inner being, we're being lifted up into His throne. We're we're praying throne room kind of prayers. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, this side of heaven that can compare with communing with the God of the universe, the, the creator and sustainer of everything. The greatest thing that you're going to learn about prayer is that Jesus is my prayer life. Jesus is my life. He's my strength. He's my victory. He's my hope of glory. And he is the life and the power of my, the prayers that I pray. Did you know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father? you know what he's doing? He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's praying for us. And that we can actually make Jesus our prayer partner by agreeing with what he is praying for. And I'm going to tell you in a few minutes what he's praying for. So fellowship with eternal God takes weak, unfit people and makes them into co-rulers with Christ. We're co-heirs. We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So calling on the Lord is one way he draws us into his heart. And here's the beautiful thing is that as we spend time worshiping him, adoration turns into transformation. Listen. It is powerful as you spend time in adoration. What's happening is right here, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You're being transformed. Go like, well, I wasn't even trying to be real. It doesn't matter whether how hard you're trying. It's the fact that you're focusing on Him. Do you remember when the snakes bit the children of Israel? People, and how that they were, they were going to (laughs) die. And God told Moses, He said, make a brazen serpent and put it on a pole. You know what that's a type of that's a type of the cross. And that brazen serpent, Well, how could that ever be? It speaks, it spoke of sin, the serpent. And the fact that it was brazen, that it was brass, it meant judgment. It always spoke of judgment, judgment. Sin judged, up on a pole. We're talking about Jesus on the cross was sin judged. He took our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Did you know that? And how awesome that God told Moses, he said, tell them whoever looks will live. That's all they had to do. The tendency would be like, oh, man, this hurts so bad. Then you're looking at the leg. That bite is deep. Oh, it hurt. He said, no, no, don't look at that. Look at that. Look at sin judged. Look at that sin judged on the pole, the cross. And that's where they were healed as soon as they looked. They were healed. They were healed. Do you realize that healing comes to us when we look to him? Jesus, who was judged on our behalf and who atoned for our sins and our sicknesses on the cross of Calvary. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I love it. There's a privilege of prayer. As you pray, you have get, you get better, greater revelation of the Father. Do you know what I found? I found that when I pray corporately with a group of people, and, and there's a, you know, I mean, we're, we're praying, there's something I, I get in that corporate prayer meeting that I don't get when I'm all by myself. And many times it's a revelation of the Father's heart for us. And it comes in through so clearly of God just impressing his love for other people and other things that happens in corporate prayer. It's powerful. I would encourage you. You don't have to to be the one that prays the prayer. You might go like, I don't even know what to say. Just come and and just agree. Just, you know, nod your head every once in a while. Say, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that. Oh, yeah, that's good. I agree. Right? Right Chris, they can just do that, right? Absolutely. I can, I I that's a lot of times that's, that's what I do in the prayer meeting. Yeah. That's it. Go. <laughs> Prayer's not a burden. It's not a duty, it's a privilege. And it becomes easier and easier. It's it's pleasure-filled experience of entering into the ecstasy of his presence. When we understand the father's heart to receive us, we want to run in it. We want to run there. We want to come boldly to that throne room because you're a priest. Some of, you, some of you got here this morning and thought, what? I'm not a priest. I don't have that collar. Some guys thought, I'm not going to put that robe on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you're called as a priest to speak to God on behalf of others as well. Through him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God, A sacrifice, what kind of, what am I going to offer up? A sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Prayer is a divine, sacred, glorious mystery that will draw you into the heart of God. You know, there are 600 prayers in the Bible not including 150 prayers that are sung in the book of Psalms. That's 750 prayers in the Bible. It must be fairly important, right? It's important that we seek his presence. Many, many mornings, Jesus began his day with prayer. Early in the morning, he'd be praying in solitude. He received wisdom. He, he received instruction from the Father. And during that time, you know, I think it's important to have a time. If you can dedicate a time and just get a habit of doing that, you'll find yourself years later having a time with Jesus. Now, I got, understand you can you can be praying all throughout the day. We're called to pray without ceasing. But it's really good just to take, have a time where you can get quiet before God because he not only wants to hear us, but he wants to speak to us. And I I've, I've, thought, I've thought about this earlier in the week. I've had him say several times, stop praying that prayer. I was praying a prayer, getting really animated, and, and he, he, several times he said to me, stop. I don't want, I don't want that for you. You know, isn't that, that, isn't that a loving father that's starting to get off course? He goes, nope, you know, you're not going there. This is my plan for you over here. So he'll do that. Are you still with me? Making it a habit will help you. We see Jesus praying, uh, and we know he prayed a lot more than this, but 25 times in the Gospels, he prayed on the cross, he prayed about his ministry, it was rooted in prayer. He prayed when he was being baptized, just before he was baptized, when when the Holy Spirit came down and heard the Father's voice saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. His life displayed his total dependence on the Father through prayer. In, in John 5:19, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. This is not Son of God. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. The Transfiguration, as he was praying, he was totally transfigured on that mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James and John were there. Elijah and Moses showed up. That, that must have been really cool, right? Peter got a little bit carried away. Look, God had to settle him down a little bit. Now, if it was a priority for the Holy Son of God to live continually in the presence of the Father, where do we stand on this? I think we're we're dependent too, aren't we? Prayer can open the eyes of the spiritually blind. Prayer can lift the burdens off of our lives and the lives of others. The highest privilege for the church is to be an outlet of prayer for God's will. We escort God's purposes in the earth through our prayers. And then finally, in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse number 2, Jesus had 70 disciples that he was sending out. And so he was giving them the instructions here in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse number 2. And he was sending them into all the cities that Jesus would be going into. So they were like doing the John John the Baptist thing, right? Only they weren't baptizing. They were basically healing the sick and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This is what it says. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge and ripe, and there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in as you go. In other words... As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to drive out into the harvest fields many more workers. So what Jesus is doing? He's putting that on their plate. Not only are you going to go out and do what you're going to do, you're going to heal the sick and you're going to preach, but you also are supposed to pray. You need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will sin. Now, the the word "sin" is used in, in a lot of the translations, but it's not a great translation. The actual word is a word that actually it's ekbalo. And I remember from Greek class, I always remembered ekbalo because it means to throw, throw the ball, right? That's how I remembered it. But do you know what it means? It means to thrust out. In other words, it's not going to be a gentle send, but you're going to have to shake some people up a little bit to get them into the harvest, and you're going to have to push them. It's Actually, it's kind of weird, but it's the same word that used when they cast a demon out of someone, throwing it, casting it out. And so he is, what, is it, what this tells us about our God is he so loves the harvest, he so loves people, and so wants people to be saved, delivered, And brought into abundant life. That he's saying, you need to pray in unison with me. Let's pray this together, essentially, is what he's he's doing. So that we will have more workers. Because a lot of people are coming into the kingdom. And we got to be ready. Because if we don't get the harvest. You know what happens? We don't have a lot of harvest fields in June. Did you notice that? Where I was for 11 years, North Dakota, harvest was a huge thing. And when harvest time came for the wheat, barley, whatever, those, I mean, those, they had the lights on the harvest machines, those big combines, and they were bringing it in, bringing it in, and they didn't stop. They didn't stop. They kept going. They kept coming. Some would go all night long. Why? Because they only have so much time to get the harvest in. And if a, a hailstorm comes or the rain pounds it too much, they lose profit. So, the harvest is a big deal. And what we're hearing Jesus saying is it's a big deal to the Father. It's a big deal to the Son. It's a big deal to the Holy Spirit. It should be a big deal to us. Right? That's why we do Grow Track. We're getting, we're getting more workers ready, more people to be thrust into the harvest. Yeah, you go, you work, you pray. Harvest is great. Resolution 777. I thought about this. You know, March, March. Um, You want to come up on the keys? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Nathan. Hallelujah. You feel his presence this morning? I feel his presence here. He loves you. He loves a whole bunch of people in this city that don't even know a teaspoon of what you know. They don't know. They don't know about Jesus. They don't know what, what's possible. You know, put that Resolution 777 up there. I like those mountains. They're beautiful. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, and a lot of you know this, but I I was uh, preparing a message, and in the midst of preparing the message, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and said, write a resolution. I thought, write a resolution. Oh, I've never done a resolution. So he gave me this resolution. He didn't name it. I named it 777 because I thought that was a cool name. Yeah, you guys think it's pretty cool, right? 777, the, the number of perfection, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Some of you here just are not impressed at all. We have a great God who's for us. He's given us power, and whereas he's given us power and authority to, to do his will. And whereas God has a great destiny for his people of Juno Christian Center. How many believe that? And whereas included in that destiny is a mighty move of God in our midst. And whereas this visitation will bring salvation and deliverance for many. Be it therefore resolved that as a church family we will march. I love that, march. We will march into our destiny in the power of the Holy Spirit. How are we going to do that? How are we going to march into our destiny? Be it further resolved, this is how, be it further resolved, that we will circle these prophetic promises from God with prayer. Oh, that's it. Prayer is going to be a big part of this. We will circle these prophetic promises from God with prayer. We will circle the dreams our God has given us with faith. We will circle with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we might see his great miracles. How many of you believe God's going to continue and he's going to do a lot more great miracles? Yeah, come on. Let's, just, let's give Jesus praise, shall we? Let's give him praise right now. This is right in the alley that he loves, folks. We will circle with prayer... For the harvest of souls to come in. We'll circle with prayer for the harvest of souls to come in. And we'll thank our God and we'll give him all the glory. Can we just give him all the glory right now? Can we just give him all the glory? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Father. So sometimes I get so excited about the fact that God speaks to me that I don't always follow through the best. You ever, you ever done that? It's like, oh, man, God spoke to me. This is so cool. That's why I'm emphasizing this, because he spoke to me very clearly. That's why I'm saying we got to do this thing. One day I'm going to stand before him, and I want to say, Lord, you know that thing you told me to do? I did, I did it. We did that. Right? Because he's going to ask me. You know, yeah, we did it, Lord. Him, it might not have been on the screen, but we did it. Would you stand with me this morning? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, no, I meant I mean, I mean, down here's fine. God's telling me to do it. So it's oh, okay. Stand with you, okay, right. well, that's all right. All right. You can stand there. Praise God. So, so today, thank you, Jesus. So today, Hallelujah, we're gonna we're gonna receive communion together. You might be here this morning, go like you know I'm not I'm not sure if I'm born again or not, but uh, I just want to encourage you that you can just say Jesus, I want you to be my savior. I believe you were raised from the dead, and as you do that, you will be born again, and you can receive communion. This communion is not if you're a member of this church, it's just if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you believe, and you've been born again. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come and to place these out this morning.
2: So while the ushers are doing that and placing communion out here, I just have a couple things that I I just, I'm so, I feel so stirred about prayer. And and we've been here in this church a long time. And I, I Dale Anderson, your name just came to my mind and Adina <laughs> for, for a few, and Rich and Cher Zinn. Man, I, I can remember stories. I remember Dale when you were driving maybe through Canada and you were in severe back pain. Was that it? You're driving down south and Darby called you, your daughter, and prayed for you, and instantly you're back. It was a song but i just remember that prayer and i just remember i just remember like like what you teach your kids how you you raise your kids to believe in prayer to know that jesus is there i think of adina going through some serious health issues just calling on the name of jesus and how real he was and how he spoke to you to do certain things that would just create create an atmosphere for healing and so many people in here i just think about that and how you know like communicate.com with Jesus you know i mean it's like it's like he's real and he and he wants to heal us and he wants to speak to us you know i mean i i can look across i see faces that have gone through triumph and tragedy but Jesus has spoken to them Jesus has has just done mighty things in their midst why because of prayer really because Jesus has got a hold of of their heart and of their life. And so so I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to look to the face of God. I encourage you to 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 do that. I just I mean Dale, I'm just going to have you share that story because I you you've been on my heart like all morning with that story. Do you remember that story? I know you're getting older. Do you remember it? Okay. But would you just share that story about that, that was just a, a moment of prayer and a miraculous thing.
3: The song was, uh, I am the God that healeth thee by Don Juan. And it was a song that uh, just created faith welled up in, within us. And um, we stopped by the side of the road. Uh, we were driving between Brent Rupert, and Seattle. And um, it, was a, it was a painful... Trip for me because of my back, but um, just out out in the middle of the wilderness, <laughs> um, God just brought that to us and and uh, brought that to me. I got out of the car and ran down the road half mile, half mile back, and just uh, uh, I was healed in that moment of, of faith. So you are right. <laughs>
2: So when I, think of, when I think of how good God is, and when I think of things that we go through, and I think of when we get a hold of who he is and how he wants to speak to us, so many, so I mean, I don't think there's probably a night that I don't wake up, or at some point, and I hear him, or he's just calling on Jesus, Jesus. He does like in his sleep too. <laughs> but it's like, Jesus, Jesus. And so how real Jesus wants to be to us through prayer because he speaks to us. I know in the past year and a half, a year and a half ago when hell hit our home, I know what he said to me. He said, be still. And I've watched the hand of God move in a mighty way. And I'm just telling you, when you talk to him, communicate with him, he wants to communicate with us. He wants to communicate with you and in those moments when you want to go into fear or when you want to panic or you want to think everything's going to hell in a handbasket, I encourage you, because if it's in you, like it was in Dale, if it's in you, and that we need to teach our kids, we need our teach our kids to do that. We need to... Boy, the church needs to be strengthened because I believe the enemies tried to take down the church by lack of prayer and just a lack of that faith. So I just encourage you to just get a hold of this message today. Get a hold of what Dale said just about that that, that, that gift of faith just coming on because it's like it's real. It's extremely real and powerful. Thank you,
0: David. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Folks, I'm going to invite you to uh, come and, and go ahead and take the elements, and we're going to receive the Lord's Supper, and then just kind of hang out up in front, just get it and kind of move in a, if, you, if there's someone here that you need to have someone bring you something, they'll, they'll, they'll bring it to you, and you can sit there and. Jesus as uh, as people are continuing to to come here I want to read this out of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. This was close to 800 years before Jesus came. And crucifixion was not even a a form of punishment at that time. But it says in 53, 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and our sorrows. The word grief there in the Hebrew actually means sickness. And sorrows means pain. He bore our sicknesses and our pain. It says, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Then it goes on to say, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, he opened not his mouth. Wow. This, my friend, is the meal that heals. As we receive in faith for what Jesus did, how he was beaten and whipped with a cat of nine tails, till he was almost without description humanly. He did it so that we could have healing and wholeness. So, Lord, today we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for those that have infirmities today, that you are their healer. We thank you that you're the healer. And that, Lord, by your stripes we're healed. And how Peter says, by whose stripes we were healed. So we thank you for this bread. As we take this bread, we remember Your sacrifice, the sacrifice of your body. Let's eat
2: together.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: Lord, we thank you for the the blood that you shed. That if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, if that sanctifies according to the purifying of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who offered himself through the eternal Spirit, purge your conscience from dead works that you might serve the living God? Never, ever again, the new covenant, the main clause of the new covenant is he forgives all of our sins. He takes them away never to be reminded against us again. He's he's actually forgiven us past, present and future. He can do that, you know. He lives in the eternal now. So today, Lord, we thank you for your blood. We thank you that your blood was shed for us. We thank you for your love today. And we ask you, Lord God, to heal, to renew, To transform lives today for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus, you're so worthy, you're so holy. We thank you that though our sins were red like crimson, that they're white as snow. God, we thank you for clearness and clarity and wholeness even for our peace, for us to have peace. The chastisement for our peace was upon you. We thank you, Lord, for shalom, peace today. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And We thank you, Lord, for your healing virtue upon your people today. We come against infirmities in people's bodies in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, arthritis, we curse it. We take authority over it. In Jesus' name. Muscle ailments, in Jesus' name, be healed, be made whole. We take authority over every area where the enemy is afflicting someone. In Jesus' name, we bind that infirmity. We bind infirmity today, and we loose your healing power. We agree together as a body of Christ here at Juno Christian Center. We agree for healing and wholeness to bodies healing for people that have been emotionally, emotionally wounded, deeply wounded. Father, we just thank you for the healing for that. We thank you for your life and that more abundant. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Would you, someone standing right by you, would you just place your hand upon them, just on the shoulder, and just right now we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, let your healing virtue flow into these bodies. Let healing virtue flow into these bodies. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, let your healing virtue flow in these bodies. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, the body of Christ. Hallelujah, we thank you for the body of Christ today in this room right now, the body of Christ. Lord, we ask, Father God, where there's been fear. I'm I, I just hearing tormenting fear on some people. In Jesus' name, we take authority over torment, over fear in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, just say this, fear, you're not of God. I deny you any further access to my mind, my soul, my body, my dreams, my future. Go from my life in Jesus' name. Fear and torment go from my life now in Jesus' name. God has not given me a spirit of fear that of love and of power and of a sound mind. In Jesus' name, just thank the Lord right now, right now. Thank him right now. Hallelujah. God's God's setting some people free right now. He's setting some people free right now. Tracy, you had something.
1: God bless Dini. She is a jar of glass, just as transparent as she wants to be but our heart and soul is endeared to God. You heard our sincere testimony, how this man, our head, at night awakens, crying out to God for every last one of you standing in here, visitor or regular. We, as a corporate, committed, loving, Sincere worshipers of the Lord Jesus Christ need to acknowledge the head that has been placed over us now in this time because it is critical. Our blessing flows through this man. This man. Not through us. Because if we submit it to this man who God has appointed over us, then this is where the blessings flow. I challenge you now to incorporate in this march of prayer this man. <laughs> this is not setting him on the pedestal. This is acknowledging the position he's been placed in by the almighty God. And it's nothing to be taken lightly. This office, this calling, i <laughs> boho And you wonder why things aren't happening. Where is your sincere and earnest, on-your-knees prayer lifting up this man? Stretch your hands. Stretch your hands. And in your own words, out of your own heart, out of the abundance of your heart, give corporate prayer to him right now. Aloud, aloud. Everybody, lift your voice. Lift your voice to this man. Lift your voice. Thank God for this man. Thank God for this man. Glory to your name, Lord. Your blessing flows through this man. Your healing flows through this man. Your protection, your covering flows through this man. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge that daily. Let the peace of God rest, rule, and abide on you. We bind every evil work that would attempt to come against you now in Jesus' name. Brought to naught by the power of the Almighty God, His Spirit. Father, give Mike Rose increase according to his fervent chase after you. (laughs) Continue to pour out your love in the midnight hours upon him in Jesus' name. Strengthen him. (laughs) In his every breath, strengthen him. In his every step, encourage him. (laughs) In his every prayer, uplift him. And every time he lifts his eyes to you, give him your glory in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you
0: thank you thank you so much so father we thank you for today we thank you for your your blessings and your favor and we know that we're greatly loved and highly favored in you We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's march. Amen. Let's do it.